every day. You're not the right fit for this job. Unfair judgment by others. Just stop eating so much and exercise some. You lose all this weight. These people often blame themselves. It's just me. Nobody likes me. I do exercise and eat right. And I talk to my doctor. Weight bias hurts. Everyone deserves to be treated with dignity and respect. Your words and actions matter. Let's stop weight bias. Let's work together. Be part of the solution. Go to stopweightbias.com and learn more. A public service message from Obesity Action Coalition. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Thanks to Gary Smith there. Talking a little from the Tulane perspective inside of things. John Cox, worst of the Golden Eagles, join us back in hour number one. Southern Miss ranked fifth and sixth in corresponding polls here in college baseball. Tulane Southern Miss over at Griffield Turchin Stadium. You would know Southern Miss tomorrow. So both of those teams needing the win against the Golden Eagles and Southern Miss has won nine straight. And it's got people talking about Omaha. Uh, once again from 2009, we talked with John Sigler last hour as well. We're nine days away from the NFL draft. But, of course, the focus tonight, Pell's Suns. Game number two, we've had a ton of general managers and head coaches call the show to give suggestions and such. Here we come, playoffs! We are the beauty of it. Ty Graffinini, voice of the Pelicans, is it's a best of four. So you get to make adjustments and play another game here tonight against the same two teams. First off, is it good afternoon over there? It's 12 o'clock, right? Just just hit 12, Gus. We're two hours behind. So, yes. <laughs> uh, been on the West Coast now for a few days. So I'm starting to get used to the uh, Pacific time zone again. But, um, actually, Gus, I feel much better about things now because I was gearing up for game two and, you know, getting the intensity ready. But I just saw on my television and Max Kellerman said, you can go to sleep early. Get, the, sun will, the suns will be rolling by halftime. So. Yep. I mean, why even show up? Why, why, why show up? Why, um, why even play the game? I, I want to ask you this because, look, you're 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 an honest guy, and you've always said this. It's not about excuses or things of that nature. You'll you'll say if a guy's a bum or if a team didn't show up and things of that nature. I mean, that's you. I mean, you've always been like that. I've been saying the last couple of days, you can't kind of really put into words or context unless you've gone through. It. Like I'll tell people that sometimes when I have a two-game road trip or something like that with basketball. I'm like, I'm tired. And you're like, what are you talking about? You're flying. How are you not? But you do. It tires you out. That stretch, man, of two play-in games, then getting over to Phoenix and then being ready for that game Sunday. You're with the team. A, did you feel it? And B, can can you feel it? Can you see it? A, absolutely I felt it, and I was not the only one. When we landed in Phoenix, which was about, let's see, it was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon when we got here, about 2.33 o'clock when we got here, we went straight from the airport to Arizona State, and guys just basically warmed up, got shots up. We we went to the Arizona State um, basketball practice facility and Gus what I'm telling you my eyes were half closed um and and I was not alone um that was a tired travel party uh just because I mean you think of the emotional runs that we had had and and we were talking about this too we're sitting there in, in Tempe and they're and guys are getting shots up and I'm thinking to myself we played San Antonio at home on Wednesday night. I mean, think about it. It wasn't that long ago. We had that first playing game on Wednesday night, and here we are on Saturday in Phoenix. Like, what in the what in the world just happened? And when you think about the emotional and physical toll that those playing games took on you, uh, not to mention, as you talked about earlier, the travel out to Los Angeles, uh, and then to play that game. And look, let me tell you something, Gus. After that game was over, 
And I, I look, I couldn't right. go to sleep. I know nobody back in New Orleans got to sleep. No, As a matter of fact, I put, a tweet, I put a tweet out, which, again, was 11 o'clock my time and 1 mm-hmm. o'clock back in New Orleans, saying, who in the world is sleeping right now? And I got 500 likes for that one tweet because nobody was sleeping. Well, everybody was so wired, it just took it took a while to get to bed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you get up and then you go to Phoenix and I – and I'm not trying to say this is an excuse. No. Phoenix had, seven, Phoenix had seven days off, and you cannot tell me by watching the Pelicans shoot the oh, basketball in the first yeah, half of that game exactly. that Bingo. legs didn't have anything to do That's with why it. I'm asking you that, because you could uh, see it and sense it. I mean, look, those guys can make those shots because in the previous two games, Todd, they did. And I think it goes to show you maybe even more the guts and fight on this team that they got it down to six Point. That's an easy game. You're down 19 at halftime where Willie says, we'll see how the third starts. If not, everybody sit. We're playing the second unit. We'll worry about game two. That happens all the time, Todd, where a coach assesses it and says, we'll come get you in game two, right? No question. And all of a sudden, you know, shots started to go in and you started to get some stops defensively. And that's what happens when you make runs. And I think we've seen now, and I think anybody who's watched this team all year long, and look, you know me, Gus, I'm as half empty as it gets. Um, You know, in that Clipper game, when you literally watched the season disintegrating before your eyes in that third quarter, I I didn't recognize the team who was out there uh, in that third quarter against the Clippers. The craziest things were happening Mm -hmm. that were just so out of character. And JD was like, uh, "I'm, I'm telling you, just, I'm like, are you concerned yet? Are you, when we had two points with six minutes left yeah. in the third quarter, literally two <laughs> points, I said, are you concerned yet, JD? He's like, nope, not concerned. <laughs> I, I said, okay, hey, hey man, have at it because I'm deeply concerned right yeah. now. But sure enough, gosh, sure enough, I yeah. mean, you know, down ten, and mm-hmm. here they come, and uh, look." What happens in this series is going to happen in this series. You play sure. the best team in the NBA, period. Uh, what happened on Friday night in Los Angeles, it, to me, it, it was just the ultimate. Um, to come back and win that game and get in the playoffs yeah. and get the experiences that Agreed. this team is getting right now, yeah. it's just it's going to go down in, in Pelicans lore, uh, coming back and winning that game. It was, just, it was huge. It was huge for this franchise. It was huge for the city because everybody was watching that game. And you've got that connection now with the city and the yeah. team. And that's what, look, we'll see what happens tonight. I know adjustments are going to be made. I think it's going to be a lot more offensive game tonight because both teams are going to have, you know, more of a rhythm and a, and a, and a routine that they've had now the last couple of days with the Pels getting the day off yesterday, going back to practice. But to tell people that I, I mean, I cannot wait for Friday night and Sunday night at the Smoothie King Center. I mean, two playoff games against the Suns. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. But we'll see if we can steal one on the road, Gus, and, and get home court advantage. Speaking of Todd any voice of the New Orleans Pelicans, you'll hear that game tonight coming up. Don't forget an hour now, pregame here in the postseason. Whenever they play, go back an hour. That's when we will start. Pelicans warm up with Daniel Salison starts at um, 8.30 tonight. You know, one of the things that uh, – at 8 o'clock, sorry. Well, one of the things that Todd – I've been saying you can't replicate that feel, that sense. You can't, you know, create the pressure that Brandon Ingram felt defensively. And when I mean pressure, I mean guys being physical with him to start the game. And you absolutely cannot create what I'm interested to find out from you, what it felt like. Because I know on my couch, I just started chuckling when Chris Paul went, Hall of Famer. I mean, I, just, I mean, it, that reminded me of Jordan, bro. Like, I mean, that that's that's Kobe Jordan back in the day when it was like, okay, y'all just watch this. And he literally single handedly took over the game as smoothly and as effortlessly. And just you're just all you can do is chuckle. That's one of those where you sit there. I know you've told me in the past, being a play by play guy, you just sit there and say that 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 that's why he's special. It is what it is. No, and look, you hate it when it's going up against you, but, right. you know, kind of sarcastically, uh, I'm telling J.D., I said, you know what, just sit back and enjoy the show. Yeah. Because there ain't go. nothing, because there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> right. And look, I know after the game, Chris Paul mentioned that he heard, you know, Willie Green saying, go up and under the screen, meaning, meaning forcing Chris Paul to take those shots, take those threes. 
And, you know, evidently it lit a fire to Chris Paul saying, well, I'm going to take these trees up. He is not a three-point shooter, Gus. He's not a guy that's going to fill it up with, you know, volume shooting threes and, and shooting 40 45%. That's not Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. He's a pick-and-roll guy, and he's a mid-range guy. He is not what you would call a three-point shooter. So Willie Green had the right philosophy. Now, <laughs> Chris Paul made the shots. And let me tell you what, we talked after the game when we were walking out the arena. Those three-pointers that he made back-to-back-to-back, those three consecutive three-pointers that he made probably saved the Suns from losing that game. Because the way we were playing, you could just tell that that the guys had that look in their eye. And they were making one of their fourth-quarter comebacks that we've seen very often now in the last couple of months. And Chris Paul said, no, you're not. I'm winning this game myself. That's exactly yeah. what he did. We cut it to six. Boom, he made <laughs> six. a three. We cut it back to seven. Boom, he made a three. I mean, it's just daggers. No. Just daggers. And no, again, just, what are you going to yeah. do? No. What are you going to do? It's a Hall of Famer playing at the top of his game, and you tip, you tip your cap and you move on. Look, man, uh, I remember back in the day when Steve Nash played. I, I remember that that was one of those venues and places that – I, I was a bucket lister. I mean, if you love the NBA, that, that city loves their hoops. And I got a chance to go there when the, you know, New Orleans arena football team, the Voodoo right. played the Rattlers there. And I remember going in there and thinking that place is small. And I know it's been renovated and, and, you know, fixed up a bit, man, but that environment spectacular. And again, I think this experience, you just, it's valuable for these young guys, especially for Trey. And because you've always said this, Todd. That's how you find out these guys react, right? That's how you find out these guys right. react. Um, who, you know, who gets tight and, and, and who enjoys yeah, no, it and who welcomes it. And Gus, and, and just to kind of piggyback on that, I think in the first half, guys were tight. You could tell. I mean, now you throw that on top of fatigue. Yeah. And then the first time playoff jitters, mm-hmm. well, then you see what you were watching when we literally could not put the ball in the bucket. Right. I mean, it was, it was, inc- it was just so frustrating because Gus, we we're looking at the at the stats, you know, during each media timeout, and I'm looking at JD. I said, JD, we got one turnover. It's not like we're giving them the basketball. Oh right, we have one turnover with, <laughs> with three minutes left in the first, and we're missing uncontested after uh, what we were two of eleven on uncontested threes. Um, Gus, we took ninety five shots in that game. Ninety five. That's incredible. That is incredible, the amount of field goals we took in that game. And I heard the coordinator uh, in that first segment. I don't want to hear about Jonas Valanciunas, man. Jonas Valanciunas took one three in that game. He took 21 shots. He was trying to be a big man. None of the shots were falling. That was the problem the other night. Uh, You know, Jonas is very good at the top of the key. He is a very good distributor of the basketball. But it wasn't like he was out there jacking up threes. He took one three against Phoenix. Just one. So, and um, you just, that game the other night reminded me of the first game of the year against Philadelphia, right after he signed that contract extension. And remember, yeah. he couldn't make a shot in the first game. That's what it felt like to me. So, he'll be okay. Again, it's one game. Let's not panic, everybody, and we'll see what happens. I, I think what does have to happen, though, is, I, and I saw those pictures, too, of uh, that Christian Clark put out of the way they were defending Jackson Hayes, or shall I say, Lack of defending Mm -hmm. Jackson Hayes, basically saying, here you go, guy, you beat us. Well, that's got to change tonight. And I think we saw an inkling of what could happen when we started that third quarter. Jackson was a lot more aggressive cutting to the basket. That's the type of of offensive player we have to see tonight from Jackson. And look, I, I know we've been talking about Chris Paul too, but what DeAndre Ayton and JaVale McGee and Mikhail Bridges did defensively for Phoenix the other night, cannot be uh, overstated. I mean, those guys were spectacular. I mean, Aiton was all, and that, that's one of the reasons why we missed so many shots in the paint, um, because DeAndre Aiton was altering shots even though he was not getting credit for blocking shots. He had four block shots anyway, mm-hmm. but we, but his mere presence in the paint were, were forcing guys to just throw up wild looks uh, because they thought that their shot was going to be blocked by Aiton. So, don't you know, forget that again. Another mind blowing stat. We took twenty three more paint shots than the Suns did. Twenty three and got outscored in the paint fifty to thirty eight. I mean, 
I can't sum it up any better than that. Uh, We have a definite advantage on them rebounding the basketball. That goes back to the regular season, Gus. Um, We are a much better rebounding team than the Phoenix Suns. It showed the other night. So that is the one advantage that you have on this team. But when you get these second-chance opportunities, and we had 25 offensive rebounds, 25, you've got you've got to capitalize. You got to put the ball back here. So, oh, I'm looking forward to tonight. I know adjustments are going to be made, but again, it's a series. It's not. We've been we've been do or die for so long, Gus. It was almost like you exhaled the other night, even though you lost the game. You knew you had another opportunity to come back a couple days later and play. Right. So, we're in a much different situation than we have been in the last really three or four weeks. Eight o'clock tonight. Pelicans warm up with Daniel Salerson. Todd will join him here as well. Our pregame for the nine o'clock tip off. You can watch it on TNT. You can listen to it right here on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. Thank you, Todd. Appreciate it, bud. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Attention past and present industrial plant workers in Louisiana. If you were pregnant while working in a petrochemical plant, a refinery, or other industrial plant, your children may be entitled to compensation. Birth defects have been linked to toxic chemicals and solvents used in the petrochemical and other industrial plants located between New Orleans and Baton Rouge. So if you were working in an industrial plant where toxic chemicals and solvents were present, and your child was born with a brain or spinal cord disorder, skeletal, organ, or limb deformities, a heart condition, cerebral palsy, genetic damage, or other problems, they could be entitled to compensation. Call the law firm of Philip C. Hoffman at 1-833-99-TOXIC. If you are a current or former petrochemical or other plant worker and your child is suffering from birth defects, call 1-833-998-6942 today. Contact the law firm of Philip C. Hoffman to evaluate whether your child is entitled to compensation. Call 1-833-99-TOXIC now. Responsible attorney Philip C. Hoffman, New Orleans, Louisiana. Family 2212 Spring is finally here. At Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Houma, we're ready with truckloads of fresh inventory arriving daily. Plus, fantastic deals like the all-new redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra or the fuel-efficient class-leading MPG with Camry and Corolla. Greg LeBlanc Toyota is also giving you top dollar for your trade. Go ahead and shop the inventory online now at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These outstanding deals won't last long. Nope, Greg's got the deals. Shop South Hollywood Road Homa. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you. And load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market. Feels like home. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to the sports hangover with Gus Kattengau. LSU looks to rebound from a series loss as they got swept by Arkansas over the weekend. Welcome back to ESPN New Orleans, your home for Pelicans basketball. That was the graph voice of the New Orleans Pelicans. Now we turn our attention to the diamond. We've talked Southern Miss taking on Tulane tonight. UNO here as well, and now the Tigers joining us to preview tonight's game and kind of talk about what happened over there in Fayetteville. Leah Hanna joins us at LVAN with two N's, underscore sports, as she covers the Tigers for the Advocate. Leah, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing well. I think this is the first time people have used my middle name, and it's because of the Twitter change. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. Um, One of the things... That I guess I, I, one of the reasons I wanted you on here as well is I, let's say I'm, I'm an LSU baseball fan that, you know, isn't in Baton Rouge. I, I follow it. I see it and I see series loss. I see their fifth in the SEC West. Uh, I, I see they have more wins than losses, but I gotta get a sense and feel that things aren't going the way things were, I guess, according to plan. How would you assess the state of LSU baseball right now? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. With, with As far as according to plan, I think they're doing as well as they can right. with the personnel they have, right? And I'm thinking about, I think the big two, big piece that they're missing is that, like, star Friday night starting pitcher, right? Like, that star shutdown pitcher, you know, 
Florida has that Hunter Barco. Mississippi State used to have Landon Sims. You know, we're seeing this around college baseball. as like some other teams that are struggling right now don't mm-hmm. have that star shutdown pitcher. And so when you look at what LSU has been able to do without that, I think it's pretty impressive. Like the bullpen's been pretty uh, – has been pretty lights out. And I think that defensively I, we've all documented the struggles of this team, which right. – I mean, yes, that has cost them maybe a couple of games, but I and I think the offense is as good as you're going to get. Maybe sometimes the timing doesn't work, but that's just baseball, which is a game of failure. But I think what you're lacking is really that star power at the mound. When you look at that series, um, back that started on Thursday, Arkansas went into that one with ranked sixth and now fourth, and the Tigers are 22nd. So, I mean, look, and you know this, playing in the SEC, all these weekend series are tough, and they're all very good teams but what would you say would be your lasting impression from those three games why did LSU lose all three you think Arkansas is a better team I mean if you look at it they I mean they have those shutdown pitchers that I'm talking about and then they also defensively are very clean you know they're not going to miss the double play they're not going to miss a fly ball and then also you know some of those like harder hits Robert Moore their second baseman could just catch it in flight I mean I think we saw like a pretty hard hit by Brayden Gilbert and he just caught it like it was something that you know every you know every other team you probably that probably would have been a base hit so some of those things were kind of the difference makers and yeah they're not a huge batting team but they sure got the bit the bat right. at the right time and I think it's that timely hitting so you know they're just an all-around better team and Jay even said himself that but he also said like on any given day you can still play better than a better team and there were a few missed opportunities this weekend, especially that Thursday night game. I know that Jay wants that game back, and you know LSU had the you know captured the lead and then lost it. So, um, yeah, I think that that's how you, what you take away from the series. You mentioned Jobert, and he was involved in a very odd play in the game over the weekend. In that he we had two strikes on him, and he took too long getting in the batter's box. It's the first time that I can really think about it. even Ben McDonald. You know, retweeted it and was kind of going, what are we doing here? But he got, he got, they struck him out essentially at two strikes and they called him out for not getting in in a certain amount of time. Is that the first time you've seen that? Yeah, that was the first time I've seen it. I mean, my editors were even like confused by it when I wrote, because I wrote it in the delete of my story and they were like, what is this rule? And, um, so yeah, basically it is in coordination with the pitcher's clock. So, you, the pitcher, once he receives, once he has the ball, has 20 seconds, you know, begin his windup. So the batter needs to be in the batter's box. I think there's another rule that says the batter has to keep at least one foot in the batter's box of all time. If he exits, he needs to be able to re-enter with at least five seconds left on the pitcher's clock. Now, what happens is, like, the pitcher gets a warning and everything, and the pitcher is kind of aware of the clock, but the batter is not. And so Jay was saying yesterday at the press conference, like, you know, it kind of sucks that they're, you know, the pitcher is given the warning, the pitcher is given the notice about the clock, but the batter is not. And so it is tricky. I think Joe Bear kind of got almost got in trouble for the same thing at Florida a couple right. of weeks ago. Um, but yeah, I'm still in the process of working that out because I thought that only applied when there were no runners on base and there were two runners on base. So, um, but yeah, that is basically the gist of the rule that what I have heard from Jay Johnson and what I have read. Yeah, because that's why I bring it up. I mean, it wasn't like you know, just him by himself there. I mean, that was potential scoring runs that uh, LSU could have used to try to you know get a game here. Speaking with Leah Hanna at LV Van underscore Sports, the way to follow her on Twitter covers the Tigers for the Advocate. So look, five series left. I, I kind of mentioned where they are in the SEC West. It, when Coach Johnson talks about what they're trying to find with this team or kind of get into it is obviously get into, you know, the SEC tournament and all that other stuff. But is it, as you're saying, trying to find some guys to kind of step up on the mound? Is it improving your defense, getting on a roll? Is it all of the above? What's the goal here as we head into May? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously you got to play cleaner baseball defensively and then, um, you know, when you're going up against tougher pitching, you got to get the guys, you know, down further in the lineup to step up. I mean, really the only guys who were able to get most of the hits this weekend were Dylan Cruz, Jacob Berry, Trey Morgan, like 
all the guys that you typically expect to hit, but you've got to get some of those guys in the bottom of the lineup to also contribute and to move runners at least, like to advance them, you know. And so he was kind of saying yesterday that, uh, you know, he's got to get some more, you got to be smarter at the plate, take some tougher at bats um, in that part of the lineup. And that's just, you know, what he has mm-hmm. is what he's going to work with. There's not going to be a lot of changes moving forward. It's just about playing time and getting better. And he's all about the fact that, like, playing time is your best coaching. So, um, yeah, I think the focus is he's keyed in a little bit closer with the defensive, um, with, you know, the infield specifically. He's Mm -hmm. taken more of an active role in supervising that in practice with Coach Fitzgerald. Um, So he's really keying in on that. And then batting, obviously, is a strength of this team. And then as far as pitching goes, you know, you keep the bullpen strong. You keep McHale uh, pitching consistent as he is you know, pitching, maybe Blake money has some better outings in his future. And, you know, Sam Dutton will continue to get more and more experience as that Sunday starter. Tonight, the Tigers taking on the Cajun six thirty up over at, um, in Baton Rouge, the final Wally Pond of junior classic game there as well. But when you look at this game in this series, in particular, the Cajuns, I saw you wrote about an interesting, I guess, link between Jacob Berry and the Cajuns and his dad, huh? Yeah, so, and I've known this for a while. I kind of had it in my back pocket, like, oh, this is going to be the UL weekend, uh, the UL week story. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so Perry Berry played one year at um, UL when it was southwestern Louisiana, uh, University of Southwestern Louisiana. And so um, he went, he played there for a year, and then he got drafted by the Houston Astros. And so what's kind of been cool about this whole thing is Perry was saying that he has – Jacob has committed to LSU, he's been able to rekindle a lot of his friendships with his old teammates who still live in the Lafayette area. And those guys are the ones that are inviting Jacob over for dinner and to go hunting and fishing so he can have, like, kind of this home base in Louisiana because, you know, he's an Arizona kid. And he even said at the beginning of the year when I talked to Jacob Berry at the baseball banquet, he said, you know, I've, I thought about playing in the SEC. I was recruited by Vanderbilt, but I wanted to stay close to home in Arizona. And only, you know, now he's comfortable living a little bit, you know, further out east with Louisiana because, you know, he's got a little bit of family ties there. His dad played, you know, in Lafayette, a little, you know, next door neighbor and Coach Johnson, who is the driving force of the reason why Jacob even transferred. So I thought it was a cool story. And, you know, it also allowed Perry to be like, yeah, this is also this can be a home for Jacob. And this is why. It's incredible when you think of the importance, really, right, of kind of feeling comfortable and how it affects everything else as well, man. So that's a cool link, and uh, people can go check out that story, of course. What do you think is key tonight and moving forward as we wrap up with Delia is um for the Tigers to just kind of get on the roll here? Yeah, and I think tonight is a good night to, you know, get a win at home. I think that's been tough for them to do for some reason. And mm-hmm. I know it's a midweek game, and we all have different – you know, opinions about a midweek game. But I think a win, you know, always sets the tone, especially for a week of, you know, another quick turnaround with a Thursday series. Um, I think you got to work on that timely at bats, you know, being able to not leave. I mean, you're going to leave a lot of runners stranded with the kind of offense that Jason Johnson runs. But they really need to start, like, capitalizing and getting those that third, fourth, fifth guy to really cash in those runners and, I think as far as pitching goes, I'm interested to see, you know, who they throw tonight and, you know, how consistent that guy is able to be on the mound and how he is able to command the game. Defense, again, probably the biggest factor in this team and, you know, Mm -hmm. how they can be on track to success. Leah Van, as always, appreciate the time. If you search her on Twitter, it, no, it, 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 it won't freak you out, but it's Leah Hanna as well on Twitter. But it's, <laughs> I know because I went to it too. I'm like, I know I have you saved on my phone as Leah Van, but okay. I was making I sure know, that, that was I'm, the case. I know. I got hacked. You know, it's the confusion. And then when I made a new Twitter, mm. um, they thought I got suspended for impersonating myself. <laughs> so... I'm now what? having to rebrand my entire identity. And so I'm being very cautious with my Twitter right now because man, if I get locked out of it again, I'm, it's going to go, it's going to drive me nuts. I saw you <laughs> tweeting about that too. You're like, all I'm trying to do Twitter is do my job I'm trying to tweet at the game and you locked me out. That, that is a first. I have had numerous friends get suspended and banned from Twitter for, you know, being for probably reasons they should. 
But for impersonating yourself, Lee, I'll give you a round of applause for that. That was, that's a good one. <laughs> Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Of course, absolutely. Pleasure. Appreciate the time. Enjoy the game tonight. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Uh, at Elvan underscore sports. Two ends of that, by the way. Quick break. When we come back, your phone calls, open segments, the sports hangover in your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. At Thibodeau Regional, we're proud to announce we've received HealthGrade's 2017 Outstanding Patient Experience and Patient Safety Excellence Awards. Once more, we're the only hospital in Louisiana to achieve both awards four years in a row. Why should this matter? Because it confirms two things. Our commitment to quality and your satisfaction. Both very important when it comes to your family's health care. Thibodeau Regional, once again recognized by HealthGrades for providing outstanding quality care. For more info, go to Thibodeau.com. This is an important notice to all U.S. taxpayers. The IRS is giving away billions of dollars in tax savings through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative to aid delinquent taxpayers. This initiative was established for anyone facing financial hardship and unable to pay their back taxes. Qualifying and enrolling in this program will stop all collections, settle your delinquent tax problem, and even reduce what you owe by thousands of dollars. Call the hotline at People's Tax Relief to see if you qualify and get this free information by dialing 800-342-2054. If you have unfiled tax returns or cannot afford to pay your personal or business back taxes, you can now get the help you need. One simple phone call can resolve your tax problem and save you thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify and to get this important free information, call 800-342-2054. 800-342-2054. 800-342-2054. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Shame on us. We talk about the greatest coaches in all sports. Every time we have these type of conversations, Gino Ariema's name is not mentioned. 14 straight Final Fours. Six perfect seasons and won 11 national championships. The dominance is John Wooden-like. GJ and Max. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Got a hot take? Everybody listen up. Let's hear it. Call us at 800-998-1003. Answer that phone. Or tweet us at ESPN Radio NOLA. Now, back to the sports hangover with Gus Kattengill. 800-998-1003. Open phone lines. The final two segments. You heard the graph at the top of the hour. He expects some changes, and it looks like Jackson Hayes could be key. Coming up into tonight, he mentioned Christian Clark tweeting the pitcher specifically on how they <clears throat> guarded Jackson Hayes. They didn't guard him. They left him wide open. But remember, that's what I was talking about. It was almost like he's just skating out there um, and, and really not finding a, you know, a a rhythm, much less a, a way to sort of kind of get involved into the game. And look, again, he had been playing well. The last couple of games, the intensity, the, you know, the... The, the level of play, it's a learning experience. But I, I brought up how Willie Green yesterday specifically mentioned how he thought or, or how he approached that with Jackson Hayes. How do you get a young kid to play better that, frankly, has been hurting you? He hasn't played well the last three games. He, he, he just hasn't. Um, so how do you, how do you, Give him that confidence because you know his athletic ability is one that can help you. And if he can play to his capability and do that, it, it'll, it'll, it'll go a long way. Listen to how he responds to the importance of having Jackson Hayes, for lack of a better phrase, show up and kind of be the guy that can help here. Jackson is very aware that when his teammates are being guarded a certain way, he gets to the spot. He keeps the floor space. We have to trust it. We have to trust each other. Same thing we've been doing all season. And um, that was our message today. All right. So that was him talking about it specifically when it comes to that. I think one of the things also that Coach Green talked about is when he looks at the film, some of the things that stood out to him were. You know, I thought um, overall, just first half, uh, we didn't get off to a great start. Um, 
we have to be better at understanding that in the playoffs, the intensity is higher. The game is going to be played harder, and we, we didn't figure that out until the second half, so we can be better. Um, with that being said, six-point game in, in the third, fourth quarter, and we were shooting 33% from the field, so there's some things to be encouraged about. One of the things that, of course, a lot of Pels fans have been hoping for or kind of suggesting lineup changes, less minutes for some players, more minutes for others. Devontae Graham has been a name that's been mentioned a ton. Again, as I mentioned it, though, when you look at it, he only played 10 minutes in that game. And I understand for some of y'all it was two minutes too much, but he was the fourth least player. He was the least amount of minutes from the players used off the bench. Trey Murphy had 26. Trey needs more minutes. He had 26. Um, Najee had 15. Like, n- nobody else had more minutes. Or, or the least amount of minutes, rather. So, but does that mean don't use my, I, I've said I, I'd like to see Billy Hernan Gomez. Give me more size, more rebounding, more chance to attack the paints. Kind of maybe their, their weakness. If there is a weakness or something that you can attack, I, I'm like, let's get Aiden in foul trouble. That's, you know, let's throw in as many bigs in there as, as you can. Again, you hear Willie Green kind of mention it. If Jackson Hayes, kind of does certain things and may help on that. And you just heard what the graph said after shoot around, you know, cutting to the baseline, doing different things based off of what they saw in the third quarter. Jackson Hayes was more active. He was anticipating. He was understanding as Willie Green said, he needs to be understanding when they double go to the basket and an attack. And, and that's maybe what we'll see today because Willie Green was asked, what about some lineup changes? Could we see that coming? Not at the moment. You know, I think as a group, we, we didn't have a great first half. And that, that wasn't one individual. That was us as a team. We have to be better. We have to do the things that we do better, harder, with more force, and um, see where we are after that. Another player that many Pels fans want to see more minutes of, Jose Alvarado. Again, Jose played well, played a good amount. And when you look at... His contributions in that game, I thought, look, 14 minutes, only three points, one of four from the floor, and a block. He's going to have to be somebody that can kind of um, affect it a little bit more. And I know it's asking a lot, but Jose says, look, it's a learning experience, again, for all of these guys in seeing that. I mean, it's one thing to go up against some of the guys, the Spurs, even the Clippers have. And there's Chris Paul going, you know, Hall of Fame mode. I find it incredible that Pels fans have called the show today and have said, hey, you know what? Um, how about we put Alvarado on Chris Paul the entire game and, and passed him and stuff. That, that's a, a tall order. I mean, the fact that people were thinking, hey, take Herb Jones off. He's your best defender. Pell's fans and people have made the case that he's the first team all defense. And you want to put Alvarado on him? I mean, I'm, I I don't mind nearly the fact that you, you put your best defender on Chris Paul. Again, I, I don't think Chris Paul cooked him. He had two fouls early going because they adjusted and were ready for that. He tried to pick up Chris Paul from the in, from the inbound and from the get-go. Now, I know in previous games he had um, put him on Devin Booker. But again, who's your best player? Try to affect him. And I don't know if that was the gamble that didn't work or you try again. But what the first foul he picked up, he's trying to go around screens on the Pell's side of the court on offense. This is right after, you know, the Suns inbound the ball. He's having to go around two or three screens before they cross the half court line. That was the one thing I also noticed about the Suns. They basically had air support around Chris Paul. Off the inbound, they had a big in either Crowder or anybody else jog alongside Chris Paul. And when Herb specifically early started, they bump, dribble to the left, bump, dribble to the right, bump, and and one foul was called. And in the other one, he gets Cam Johnson at the nail, or top of the key, somewhere around there. He stops his penetration. He gets him to pick up his dribble. You would think he'd be in trouble, and then he goes 
old man basketball post moves in the driveway. Pump fake once, pump fake twice, pivot here, pivot there. Oh, I got Herb to move, dive into him, foul call. That, those are your first two fouls. So I, I don't I don't know if the narrative of why would you put Herb Jones on Chris Paul? I don't know. He's your best defender. If you're gonna if you're gonna complain all year long or, or make a case and push that he should be first team all defense, then why not throw him out there on him? I, I get Booker's the guy that makes your shots and he creates and all that, but Chris Paul's the engine on that man. You saw when he came in, he made those threes, but he also drove and penetrated, did pick and rolls, did different things of that nature. But here's what Osei said about why this is a learning experience for him. You know, uh, like you said, the intensities, you know, you got to be physical, you know, they're not going to give you, um, you know, those are baby calls no more, even, if, you know, stuff like that. Um, but, you know, it's, it's game. It's hooping. We just got to, you know, be physical, play our game, you know. It's like all new to a lot of people, especially me and, you know, some some, some people on the team. You know, you got to keep a right mindset, and, you know, watch film and get better and, you know, get ready for Tuesday. Mm. How about what it's like to go up against CP3? It's cool, you know, it's like, like I said, like, there's so much dreams that I fooled this year. It's crazy, you know, but, um, you know, there's no more being looking up to him or not. You know, he's a great player, you know, obviously one of the best in the game, but I, I got to watch film, get better, because he ain't doing that no more. No. So uh, I got to figure out what I got, you know, what I could do on my part and um, try, uh, try to win the game. All right, so you hear him saying, look, again, it's it, it's facing it. He can talk about it. I can show it to you on film on a laptop. And even if you played him in the regular season, which he did, it's it's just different. You have to experience this. You have to, you have to go through this, right? Trey Murphy has had tremendous minutes off the bench. 26 minutes, 6 points. He knocked down two threes. And in the Spurs game, Clippers game, big monumental type shots at the time. May not be a ton of points, but it does help. And again, that's why I think a lot of people want to see him with his size, his length, to go ahead and do that as opposed to the 10 minutes that Devontae Graham uh, was playing there. He went through the gambits after practice of what it's like. And being able to experience... These po- these playoffs against the number one team in the West. What's it like? Really, it's gonna take us just being together, playing together, and playing for forty eight minutes. We can't uh, we can't deviate from that. We got to stick to the game plan and just play our hardest, and you know, just give ourselves a chance to win at the end of the game. I feel like that's all you can really ask for. And at the end of the day, you just got to make plays. Then one of the other things too is being able to play well, like he has in these moments. No, I love it. I mean. You know, like I said, you don't really hear when you're really focusing in on it, but there's little instances where, you know, you're in, like, timeouts or you're at free throw line, you can hear the crowd, and you're like, okay, I'm here. Like, we're really into this. Like, it's really fun, in all honesty. How about being able to be ready for this here as well? Just staying mentally strong like I've always been. I mean, you know, I never really got too low, never got too high through any situation, and, you know, I feel like that's definitely prepared me for this time, and, you know, I definitely feel like I'm more than ready and uh, capable to contribute. Now, you heard him mention about playing in front of those large crowds. Again, some people, like, you know, get excited about it. Um, others, you know, it, it, it's a bit much. What about for him? In all honesty, it's cool, but, like, like while I'm in the game, you don't really hear them. Like, you can hear them, but, like, when you're really locked in and really focused, you can't really hear, like, the crowd. But, I mean, you can definitely feel, like, the atmosphere, like, raising. And, like, you can feel those little goosebumps and, like, hairs let you know, like, it's, it's game time. It's ready for war. Right. It's a little different. That is for sure. And then, finally, me was asked, what did work in that second half? You heard the graph say it as well. Shots finally started to go down. You started seeing guys be a little bit more active. CJ McCollum. Kind of started to take over and, and get hot and get into a rhythm. You remember Reggie Miller on the telecast who was making that mention there as well. That finally you're starting to see him kind of get an understanding of how they wanted to defend him and things of that nature. Really just sharing the ball and then playing hard, using our defense to fuel our offense as well. That's something we've been doing all year, just running our stops. And, you know, it's been our bread and butter. And I think we just got more stops in the second half and we're able to get out in transition and, you know, just attack. Uh, attack the glass and attack the uh, attack the glass. Uh, attack the paint. Sorry. All right, quick break. We come back. Final segment, Pels fans. If you want to chime in, we got a few minutes here for you. Go ahead and just call. Them. Give me uh, your key to the game. Maybe a headline. What do you think is going to happen here? Pels taking on the Suns coming up at nine o'clock right here on your home for Pelicans basketball. ESPN New Orleans. Yeah. 
My big brother and I believe that seniors who are about to graduate are a very special group with a very special future. If you have a senior at home, I bet you feel just like we do. If you want to do something really special for graduation this year, come to Ramsey's. We've got a plan. A Louisiana state of mind is the pendant to have. Because there's no place like home. It's a solid silver Louisiana with a diamond New Orleans. Just $129. And we have them in gold with a bigger diamond and a fleur-de-lis. We also have the incredibly famous Circle of Love diamond pendant. Time is measured in minutes. But life is measured in moments. $149, $229, and $499. Or you can go big. How big? Big diamond solitaire studs. Big. She'll be wearing those diamond studs with pride for the rest of her life. The largest diamond store in Louisiana is Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers on veterans between Bonneville and West End and Metairie. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Markets feels like home. At Thibodeau Regional, we're proud to announce we've received Health Grades 2017 Outstanding Patient Experience and Patient Safety Excellence Awards. What's more, we're the only hospital in Louisiana to achieve both awards four years in a row. Why should this matter? Because it confirms two things. Our commitment to quality and your satisfaction. Both very important when it comes to your family's health care. Thibodeau Regional, once again recognized by Health Grades for providing outstanding quality care. For more info, go to Thibodeau.com. Just in the name of the show, says he can go to bed early. Says the Suns will roll. It will be over with at halftime. Literally. The graphic says go to bed early. 800-998-1003. Saw we had a caller. Call back, bud. Whoever that was. And uh, we'll go right to you. As um, the other aspects that we touched on earlier today, and I wanted to play this because I just saw this. I wanted to play it. And it's the fact that we're nine days away with the draft and all that. They're saying to get quarterback and all that. I keep going back to what the Panthers are going to do. It's interesting the last day or so, and even John Sigler of the Saints Wire kind of said it today too, that the, the Panthers without a second and a third round pick may want to trade down to try to grab a second or third round pick and then still hope that there's a quarterback down there that they would want and then go get. I still wonder if they're going to go get a quarterback. The latest uh, mock draft on NFL.com have them selecting Kenny Pickett at number six. Melk Hyper Jr. from ESPN had this to say this morning. In order to get Malik Willis, I have to believe you have to, you've got to get in the top ten. I can't see him. A talented quarterback, dual threat, great kid with teams like Carolina. Atlanta, Seattle, and then Pittsburgh. Are they going to sit like New England did and wait for Mac Jones? Now, it worked for New England. They didn't go up anything. He fell to 15. Is Malik Willis going to fall to 20? That's going to be the talk of the draft, the storyline of the draft going in, because this is a division with Burrow, Deshaun Watson, and Lamar Jackson, and AFC loaded with quarterbacks. i got to believe an iconic organization like Pittsburgh, the Steelers, got to get a quarterback. It's going to be interesting who it is. got to believe Carolina with no second and third round pick. Do they move off a six down a little bit, figuring, hey, we can get Pickett or Willis and then move down if they like them both the same and maybe pick up a draft choice since we have no two and no three. So Carolina-Pittsburgh are the two teams that, for quarterbacks, all eyes will be on. Hmm. So, again, as we get closer, we'll start looking at all the different storylines coming in to see who will be drafted or not and what, what the Saints will do or not is, again, you go back to that mock draft that Shregler had out there. Had the Falcons going with Evan Neal, offensive tackle. Alabama, he's pretty good. It would help um, whoever it is they can eventually go with quarterback there. Again, Marcus Mariota, their starter. Stingley Jr., Derek, LSU corner. Seattle at nine is what he has. Jamison Williams, this would be a huge, I think, reach, but would make sense. Because if he's not injured in that game, 
against Georgia, I think, I think Bama wins and B, he is picked higher at 10. Shrugless, the Jets going with Jamison Williams. Lots of mock drafts. They'll have Jamison Williams in and around that 16 or 20, you know, spot where the Saints could maybe go and get a guy like Trevor Penning at 16 and the next best receiver at 19, or do you get the best? Like, is there a big difference in, say, getting a receiver at 16 and 19? Depends, right? Where you, where you see. 17's the Chargers. They'd like to add weapons. Right now, Schregler has the Chargers after the Saints select Chris Olave at 16. Traylon Burks. I like Traylon. To the Chargers. The Eagles going with linebacker out of Utah, Devin Lloyd. Then at 19, the Saints going with Jordan Davis. Georgia defensive tackle, big boy. Right there in the middle to help out that D-line. Then he has the Steelers with Malik Willis. And then the next receiver is Jahan Dotson from Penn State to the Packers. Trying to look at the next receiver. It's a bit. I mean, that's it. Matt Corral, his last pick against the Lions, uh, for the Lions there. So I think one of the things that you look at is you wonder if you go with the best offensive lineman at 16 and then see what the next best receiver is there that is available. And, and you go that route at 19. I don't know. It, it, it'll, it's going to be interesting to see where they value the most and what their need is. I know there's a ton of people saying they have confidence in what they have right now at left tackle, but a lot of people feel like, yeah, you would go there and try to go get somebody like that. Would you package your two picks to go get a guy like Evan Neal? Again, you'd have to get really high. Um, to do that. Charles Cross in this mock draft particularly goes, uh, to the Giants at number five. Top one is, um, Iki Ikwanu from NC State. Three to the Texans, Hutchinson to the Lions, and Trayvon Walker, D-line, Georgia. Number one overall to the Jags. Again, we'll find out in nine days what, what happens for sure. But tonight, Pell's taking on the Suns, 9 o'clock is your tip, 8 o'clock right here on ESPN New Orleans. Uh, special Pelicans warm-up, full hour. Daniel Salison is going to give you all the breakdown again. you got a bunch of other games going on tonight here as well. Heat and Hawks, Grizzlies and T-Wolves. Minnesota won that series opener in Memphis. And Memphis is a 6.5-point favorite tonight. Miami a 7.5-point favorite as the Hawks look to uh, pick up a win there as Miami won the last time. Don't forget, of course, if you want to play around and enjoy this is first round action, go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Do the same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game. Bigger payout, more legs, more money you can win. Use the promo code LaRose. Bet five bucks on any NBA team to win their game in the first round of the playoffs. Get $150 in free bets instantly. DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the promo code LaRose. Matt Moscone and after further review is next. I will see you tomorrow. Enjoy the game tonight, everybody, right here on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans.